Good morning to anyone interested in how to fix their troubled finances. I'm David G. Toussaint with www.troubledfinances.com. Why do I say troubled finances? Because many people have troubled finances in some form or another. It is so difficult managing our money and our lives this day and age. Each of us needs all the help we can get, and that's what I'm about today along with my good friend and cousin Scott Toussaint. Today we're going to talk about how many times we are slow to pick up on God's plan, His guidance or His prompts. Scott has again an interesting story from his years in the career business. He is a doctor of ministry with career transition, so he comes to us with great credentials to talk about this situation, husbands and wives communications or the lack thereof as it applies to jobs and to finances. And so I would like to have him begin and share with us an example that he has from his story, and then we'll talk about it. Scott? Hey, good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me again. One of the things that um, over the years that I've found, not only in my work and career transition, but in financial counseling and the other things that I've been um, asked to do and participate in over the years, is that um, I, I think that people are slow many, many times to pick up on God's will for their lives. You know, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. And um, God wants us to live a certain way. And what happens, I think, is that we get caught up in the the daily routine of making money and paying the bills and what kind of house we live in, what kind of car we drive, and all the other worldly things. But in my studies of the Bible in seminary and uh, doing a lot of my uh, doctoral work for my uh, doctoral ministry with an emphasis in career transition, I think that there are two fundamental biblical truths that come out of uh, this area of ministry. One is that God doesn't waste anything. And the second one is that God doesn't move you from your current assignment until you've learned whatever it was that you, God wanted you to learn. Uh, and so many times we get stuck in positions or get stuck in jobs doing things that maybe are not in line with the way God created us. You know, each of us is endowed with certain spiritual gifts. We're told that by the Apostle Paul in Corinthians and a number of other places throughout the New Testament. And we each have a style. And we each have a passion. That passion is a God-given passion mm -hmm. on what it is that we're supposed to do. And I think that with the intersection of passion, style, and gifting is where we're uniquely designed to serve. Um, one of the things that I, I find is still incredible after all these years is that God designed each of us to do something unique. Not only unique today, but unique in all time in space. Isn't that an amazing concept? That is, that, that what you just said is very interesting, and I agree with that 100%, but it's just amazing. It's just absolutely it's just, it's just incredibly amazing. So when you think about this, that means that God has a mission for you, mm -hmm. an assignment for you, that you can do better than anybody in eternity past or that anybody ever will in eternity future. Yeah, isn't that, that I agree with that 100%. That is just a mind-boggling. So that says God has a plan for your life, a very specific plan Absolutely. for your life, right? And your plan from God <laughs> is different than my plan from God, Absolutely. right? Because yeah. we're uniquely designed. Yeah, right. Well, number one, we we have we came from different parents, so we have different genes. But number two, uh, we're in different situations in our lives. I mean, there's just all kinds of reasons why our 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 specific design Design and our specific plan is unique. Absolutely. And, and I have spent my most of my corporate career 
helping people get from where they are to where God designed them to be. Well, what a wonderful plan. What's a, that's, that's a great job in itself right there. Well, it is. Yeah. It really is. And I, I think, though, that I started out that way because for the first years of my career, I wasn't happy with really where I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, But like so many others, I was uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was familiar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes taking that step of faith to do something that is more in line with what God wants for your life than what you want for your life, that can be a very, very scary proposition. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you're stepping out of the unknown and you don't see how this could work, but God does, but you don't see how it works. So here you are making a step of faith, right? Absolutely. And, and so, you know, if you're doing something, whether it's buying a house, buying a car, you're in a job, whatever it might happen to be, it is so critically important to explore if that purchase or that idea is in line with God's will for your life. Mm-hmm. That's and right. right. we tend to not do that. And, and the second part of that is that, you know, God doesn't waste anything. So that when you're doing something, even if it's something that you don't enjoy doing, God's got a reason that you're there doing it. And you're supposed to learn something. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's tolerance. Maybe it's acceptance of of viewpoints different than your own. There are an untold number of different possibilities. But the point is that you best be aware to learn it so that God can move you to your next assignment, which is in keeping with his will for your life and your and the purpose you were divinely created. The question is, is how do you determine that? How do you determine God's will? How do you determine that you're supposed to be, oh, go from this job to this next job? You know, so that, that's a good question. Isn't well, it? certainly prayer. You know, prayer, prayer yeah. is absolutely the, the yeah. number one answer there. And the other thing is is, is godly counsel from other, uh, other Christians. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, sometimes your friends and your family members see things about you that you're so close to that you don't see about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you end up having certain attributes or certain gifts that that you might not even be aware of, but other people can see in an instant. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it takes prayer, and I would I would emphasize if I my is time alone with God. Yeah. You, know, you take take your Bible and uh, you get alone with God, and and I've done it in my car. I can't get out of the house. I mean, the house is too noisy. My office isn't going to work. So I got a Bible and I got a car, and I'll go somewhere and a little time alone with God, and it is amazing the impact that it has. But but anyway, uh, so those are really outstanding. Both the, God does not waste anything. God's teaching you something, and God does not move you in, uh, to the next job until you've learned what you're supposed to learn at this job. Yeah. And so 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 you have some examples. You have at least one example that about. This situation? Oh, I think that um, I, I, my career has been uh, filled with examples. Uh, there are so many people who uh, get anxious and they're only worried about <laughs> well, the promotion. You know, we anxious all do, is a right? big deal. Anxi- anxiety is a big deal. Anxiety is a huge deal. You know, and we know that, especially in the, in our our younger generations, that uh, they are not as good at the art of conversation as uh, putting things in writing. So they'll, you know, they'll want to email something or they'll, even if they're in the next cubicle, uh, <laughs> because the art of conversation mm-hmm. and the art of collaborative work mm-hmm. is unfortunately a dying art. That's true. You know, I really think that eventually being a salesperson will be a incredibly rare commodity out there because hmm. we're being taught today to be order takers not 
Well, that's a whole new concept. People. You know, I, I think that's true. All kinds of levels, that's a real shame. Well, you and I, when we grew up, we had dinner at 6 o'clock, and, you know, regardless of what you were doing, you were expected to be at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had family conversations. We found out what each other were doing. Mm-hmm. When you look at what's going on today, how many people do that today? Mm-hmm. Not very many families. Getting back to your specific question about examples, I think my life is probably the best example I know of. Uh, I've lived it. You know, I started out my career doing things that I wanted to do. I was all about the money, all about earning more, all about doing everything I could do to increase my status in life. I hated what I did. You hated what you did? hated what I did. But the fact of the matter is that I therefore justified making a lot of money so that I could have fun after work or on the weekends or whatever. And it led to all kinds of problems that I wouldn't wish really on anybody. Uh, I was deeply dissatisfied personally. Uh, I think it affected our family uh, as our kids grew up. And uh, when I finally got it through my thick head that God had a plan for me and that it was important that I seek what his will was for my life, uh, a whole panacea of opportunity opened up for me. Wow. And wow. I think that that's when I really changed. That's when I went to seminary. Oh, really? You know, I wow. went to seminary to to learn more. The only way you get to know somebody better is in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was a believer, but uh, God was kind of more out there in the distance. And when I went to seminary and and really entered into a deeper relationship with the one who created me, which was my soundbite, why I went to seminary, I think that it became quickly evident to me that uh, that I was in the wrong area and that I ended up helping more people. I ended up offering my services more often. And I ended up being in a position where, especially in the last probably 10 or 15 years, which is unfortunate, it's the end of my career, if you will, um, I've been more uh, satisfied and more pleased and more fulfilled than at any time in my entire life. Wow. That's amazing. And, and it is amazing, I, but, but it has caused me to, to double down mm-hmm. on my efforts to help younger people mm-hmm. so that they don't have to spend, you know, the huge part of their careers doing something that's not in alignment mm-hmm. with the way that God wired them to be. But you do have a lot of uh, stories from that situation, and you also have a lot of insight that God helped you see in, in all those situations. I think God has been moving me, and uh, I've been the one who's been slow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's probably the case with most of us, including me for sure. Um, So do you have a particular story that you want to relate to about this this situation? You talked to me about uh, the guy that lost his job, and it polarized his marriage, and... uh, and the wife shamed her husband. I mean, that's a that's a sad story, but it had a happy ending in the end, didn't it? Well, the one the one who um, you know lost his job in the parking lot. Of course, we've talked about in a different podcast. But I think that yes, I've unfortunately been in places where people haven't followed God's call in their life, and they've done something that's wound up being very very negative. And I had one story of a, of a gentleman that I coached uh, eventually uh, who came into a meeting. Mm-hmm one day absolutely in tears very very upset and it turns out that he'd lost his job he was in our career transition group and he came for coaching every every uh, tuesday morning and what ended up happening is that his wife was embarrassed that he was out of work and so she started to shame him 
in, in front of the family. Oh my! And um, you know, you know, why can't you get a job? What's wrong with you? You're mm-hmm. no good, and so on and so forth. And it really, of course, it negatively impacted the marriage. But the thing that she didn't see is it also negatively impacted the kids, mm-hmm. and it impacted the kids to the point where their daughter who was a high schooler at the time, actually went out and uh, uh, cut herself Oh my! Uh, in an attempt to gain attention. Now, oh, was wow. it a serious suicide attempt or, or not uh, remains to be seen. But when she came back home, just to show you the dysfunction that was in this family, her, her mother uh, said, don't you know that we don't have any money? Your dad is out of work. We have no money for medical bills. Threw her against the stairs and said, go clean yourself up. Oh my! And oh, that, that's just cruel. It it, it was cruel. Oh it my. was cruel. And father, who was the fellow that I was coaching and trying to work with, he was debilitated by this. You know, I mean, he just could not believe that. Um, you know, he was basically the the breadwinner for the family, and as soon as he was no longer able to provide that function through job loss that his wife really was going the other direction, Mm. you know, away from him, not towards him. Mm. And I think that he was in the wrong kind of a position, but I also think that he was, he was very, very slow to pick up on God's, God's will for his life. And, and uh, he probably at that point in his career was not a very good uh, leader in the family either. Mm -hmm. He didn't set a good example for others. Now, Eventually, he got resettled. The daughter was fine. You know, the marriage survived. Wow, and, and, I'm amazed and, that the ma- it, that marriage survived. Yeah, it, <laughs> through that. Yeah, but it was it was again a detour mm-hmm. that that family probably didn't need to take. I could say I should say so. My goodness, what a uh, difficult situation to go through, and oh my goodness. Uh, that's uh, traumatic, and uh, when you have cruelty in a family, that's that's difficult to recover from. And I, uh, I'm amazed that it did. Re- uh, the family did work out, and it did recover from that, and so went on. So was, there was a happy ending to the story, then. Yeah, yeah, there there really was. But I think that um, here again, this goes to the idea of communicating with spouses and seeking God's will as a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yes, you can be a believer. Um, but it also helps if your spouse and your family members are believers because oh my, then you're yes. on the oh, same yes. That's page. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And if you're in a position where you don't share that belief in God, that mm-hmm. turning, if you will, to the Lord, it can make things uh, much, much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And each of us, by the way, has this unique divine calling. This doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in the job. It can be at home. Mm-hmm. It can be in ministry. It can be at the church. It can be in your job. You know, there are all, all kinds of places, but God has a place for you, and it's incumbent upon you to go try to research what that is. Yeah, and so, and as we discuss how you research what that is, is number one, you spend time alone with God. You and God and your Bible and, and prayer and uh, show God that you're really sincere about that. So that's number one. Number two, as you correctly noted, is counsel. The other week we talked about um, uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Yep. And so counsel is so important. And so that's the point that, you, that you've that you made and that's a very good point. And so are there any other uh, points as we close this particular out? Yeah, I want to expand on your idea about time alone with God. I think that for many of us that works. Mm-hmm. But I'll also tell you that there are multiple what I'm going to call spiritual pathways. 
There are people who, for example, get energized by being alone with sure. God. Uh-huh. But other people get energized by taking a walk in God's creation, a walk in nature. Well, I would consider that to be being alone with God. Well, there and there's it, it can be, absolutely. Communal worship. Mm-hmm. Music, mm-hmm. you know, there are these different sure. people can connect with God in different ways. That's true. That's true. So there's yeah. there's not only one mm-hmm. way to connect with God. Yeah, what I wanted to say, and I guess I really didn't get it out properly, was that was that you have to be in a position where you are open to hearing from God. Absolutely. And so whether that is, it could be from music, it could be from something else, the communication, it could be from walking in the park, it could be from you and your Bible and in your car. It could be all any one of those. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the Benedictine monks practice silence. That's true, sure. You know, so there are multiple ways that people connect with God and, and, and wait to hear from Him. But anyway, so those are really good thing. Do you think this verse in Jeremiah then applies? Jeremiah so, is the number one verse for people in not only careers, but career transition and all the rest of it, uh, because uh, it affirms uh, that God has a plan for us. It's a great verse. Okay, so it's Jeremiah. The verse that Scott's referring to is Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. What a promising verse, right? It's a great verse. Great yeah. verse. Yeah, it's great. So, Scott, thank you so much. This has been a, a very uh, interesting uh, story again, and uh, you've really brought out some truths to the Scripture that are so important to us and so important to our walk with you and how we uh, walk along with you and how we develop our, our careers and how we develop our personalities, how we mature in Christ. This is when we mature in Christ so that we're, we're the people that God wants us to be so that we can accomplish what He wants to accomplish. So thank you for listening to us today. I hope this true story on finances, in this case jobs, helped you. The story, uh, This story did not come from the book Troubled Finances, There is Hope. This story came from my cousin Scott Toussaint. But uh, there are many stories in Troubled Finances, There is Hope, available at the website troubledfinances.com. I'm David G. Toussaint. Have another great day in the Lord. Music.